0: Do you obsess over barbecue? Or maybe you're just getting started and want to learn more? Light up the pit and join me, Kurt Mueller, lifelong barbecue fanatic and competitor on the pro circuit, as I have the most passionate people in barbecue, from pitmasters to restaurant owners. Join me on the show, sharing their barbecue journey, their unique tips, tricks, timelines, and techniques that will make sure your barbecue gets better every time you fire up that grill or pit. Welcome to The Barbecue Life. Welcome into The Barbecue Life. I'm your host, Kurt Mueller. We're powered by Houndhog's BBQ Supply. You can find them at houndhogsbbqsupply.com. So I've got a return guest today, Mr. Matt Osmond. He's with Blinky's Offset BBQ. He is the CEO and pitmaster of Blinky's Offset. He joins us from the Nashville, Tennessee area. Where, where in Nashville? What part of Nashville?
1: Uh, I'm in Bellevue, uh, the west side of town. Um, Davidson nice. County, pretty much the last community just away from, from the heart of downtown.
0: Love it. So for our longtime listeners, you're, you'll remember that Matt joined us uh, November, December last year, somewhere in that time frame, And we talked a lot about Competition Barbecue. Uh, Matt and I connected at the Atlanta Barbecue Classic in November up in Cumming, Georgia. But today we're going to shift gears on you. We're going to talk about how you take this passion, this love that we all have a barbecue. How you take that and turn it into a profitable and sustainable business. Um, so we hope. <laughs> we hope that's right. So Matt has Matt has made you know a slight transition into that world, and and yeah, I'll I'll just uh, shut up for a second and and let Matt talk about his journey into all of this, and we'll see where it takes us.
1: I appreciate it, Kurt. Great to be uh, back. I appreciate the opportunity you know, small business entrepreneurial spirit has pretty much been a part of me and a part of my family for a very long time. Uh, My dad's an attorney and he never really was a big part of a a big, you know, law firm or anything. So he kind of had his own. Uh, My parents invested in, as I said last time, a subway franchises. So I was kind of grown up in that do-it-yourself type thing. I have obviously fall into this, this barbecue world. Competitions are definitely a part of it. You know, I have a barbecue catering, food truck, and then I do list competition team because let's be honest, it's a passion of ours. Right. However, as we have said several times and we'll continue to, that is by no means profitable. What is profitable is selling barbecue to the masses, having a flavor profile, having offerings, having a price point that you can get out there, serve your community, do an event and, and make a buck. You know, mm-hmm. I'm trying to provide for the family. I'm trying to grow a business. My business plan is simple. I want to crawl, walk and run in that order. I think that oftentimes we, we put the cart before the horse. Mm-hmm. I'm guilty of that. We have these grandiose plans why don't we be brilliant at the basics first you know so um that's where I'm kind of at right now I'm in the I'm in the crawl phase and I'm okay with that i set up uh, basically 2 days a week on Tuesdays and Thursdays created a demand for those times Serve barbecue out of the trailer
0: and there you go and I want to reemphasize again there is a huge huge difference between competition barbecue and regular barbecue so i can't stress that point enough Uh, to listeners, to the general public, they are not even close to the same thing. Not even close. And so, you know, Matt talked about how competition barbecue is fun. It's exciting. Great family. Great atmosphere. Not profitable. I don't care how you slice it. I I will (laughs) will, will go toe-to-toe with anybody out there uh, that says it is profitable. Uh, It's just, it's flat out not. It is fun. It's a great time. It's a great way to build some credibility and uh, get your name out there. But I think it's when you want to really get some good quality feedback it's when someone hands you money for your barbecue they will tell you if it's good or not oh yeah if you give barbecue away for free
1: it's, always, it's good. always good it's always good it's always good well and and i will tell you this i've made a pitch or an argument that the barbecue business ie barbecue restaurant you know food truck uh, caterer has Competition barbecue has a place in that business plan. And here's what I mean specifically. Being around like-minded people, they understand what it is to cook backyard barbecue uh, or or commercially and versus a competition. And you can still talk about non-competition cooks even though you're at a competition, right? What do you do? What's this tip? Whatever it is. And lastly, I would say the connections, networking. Especially if you are at some of these um, sizable events, you know, Memphis, or you're at the Jack, or you're at uh, the Royal, there are so many businesses that go there. All you need to do, like anything else with the competition, go and say hello, tell them who you are. Uh, The opportunity, I feel like, to merge your business into another one, get supplies, whatever it could be, that does have a financial benefit to your business plan. I feel like there is a a time and place. I'm not saying you should go trophy hunt every weekend <laughs> but it, it is the business of barbecue let's be honest you know so we're not doing anything different and that we're selling barbecue by the pound by the plate you know to the community to wherever we're set up at and it's there have been some positive uh, networks uh, people i've been introduced in at competitions and if i wasn't there i wouldn't know them and they could not benefit my day-to-day business operations
0: that's exactly right. And to be clear, and I love how you brought that up, to be clear, you know, I'm not saying don't do competitions. What I'm saying is, is that, and you, you worded it best, competitions do have a place in the overall scope of your business plan. I think to your point, you've got the relationship aspect, the connection aspect. Of course, you've got the credibility aspect, right? You know, folks want to see trophies, you Award know, so winning. <laughs> or, or winning, right. And so there, there's absolutely a place for it, you know, I wanna to stress to listeners that if you're going into competition barbecue thinking this is a retirement strategy, don't do it. <laughs> don't do it. It's, it's not, it's not gonna work. And so, so many of us, you know, get to the point where we say, you know what? I think that I can, I can create a sustainable, profitable business off of this. Because if you think about the big names in the industry, right, the Heath Riles of the world, you know, mm-hmm. the, the uh, Malcolm Reeds of the world, they all started the same way. They all started the same way. They enjoyed barbecue and they saw something and they pursued it with relentless passion, relentless energy. So for you, I'm curious. So you started competing, but when, talk about that transition, right? So talk about the mindset of, okay, I'm, sw- I'm, gonna, I'm, gonna, I'm gonna go do an event. How was like, what was the mindset for the first event? Cause that's what everybody wants to know. Like, you know, nerves and everything else.
1: So to be fair, I've had a, a warm or an easy uh, transition into things like that because I have a hospitality background. I've been in food and beverage, uh, hotels, some capacity of the hospitality service industry specific to food. I've worked at Fine Dining. I've worked at Fast Casual. I've had a brick and mortar of my own. That That's my profession. So I knew a lot more maybe than somebody else who just is a backyard barbecue person who wants to turn it into a business. I knew of the legal obligations, the permitting and things like that. But I would say the first time um, was a, I think it was a local um, uh, candidate for uh, you know, maybe a state commissioner type race or something. They had a event and wanted basically a caterer. Somebody said, hey, that you know, suggested me, put me in contact. It was a paid gig. I did like smoked ham and cheese sliders, pork sandwiches, and I think I had barbecue chicken and coleslaw and beans. Not a big menu, not grandiose at all. Keep it simple, keep it easy, and don't try to overreach. Don't try to do something and spread yourself too thin. I don't know a person probably listening to this or, or you or I who hasn't spread themselves thin at different points. Knowing your boundaries, learning when to say no in business is a craft, is a goal that business-minded people need to constantly strive for. Um, a mentor of mine used to say in, in business and stuff, when you're talking to, you know, guests, customers, whatever, the first answer is yes. The second is, now what's the question? And people would just, because you're you're there for them. If they don't patronize your business, you're out of luck. That's it. But that, that first event went great. Uh, I had my wife to help me and we were set up as a tent. I cooked, uh, you know, the day before and hours, uh, kind of leading into it and people just high-fiving, shaking their head. You know, you can read that body language when somebody eats something good. And it was resounding. I said, Ooh, that was a lot of work, but look at this check." All right, you know, it's kind of like winning an award. When you get paid off, when your business plan works and it comes to fruition, that's a great feeling because you did a good job, you put it in there, you turned a buck, you were profitable, now can you replicate that? Can you stay within the confines of the of the boundary in a business aspect, your fixed cost, your variable costs, all those business metrics? So we'll see. Um, again, I'm early in the stage to it, but I've invested obviously in the trailer. Uh, that is, you know, the base of operations, the pits attached to that. And from there, I just I have a simple menu, man. I got three, maybe four proteins, but I got pork two ways. I do smoke bologna and leg course. I got three sides, one dessert. That that's my menu. It doesn't have to be the cheesecake of barbecue joints where it's just page after page. Now look. <laughs> a, B, or C. That if you want something else, please by all means go to the next guy or a different place at that time. No hard feelings. But if you want this right here, my opinion, it's gonna be the best of this that there is in the community.
0: That's exactly right. And I think simplicity is overlooked constantly, not just by folks that are new, but I think folks that are seasoned as well. The more choices you give folks and you know and customers, the more, I think the more complicated it gets, I also would say that, you know, you, you, can't, you can't be great at 20 different things. You can be great at five or six, you know, and, 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 and own that. And I also think that, you know, you didn't say this, but you, you alluded to it, I think. And that is, don't compete on price. Mm-hmm. Don't compete on price because it's a race to the bottom. In fact, you know, I turned down several jobs uh, over the last month because I just was very upfront with them. You know me by now. I'm very direct. I said, we don't compete on price. We compete on value. And people yep. are going to see that value. And so don't ever, I would say this, when you're starting out, it's it's very tempting uh, to give a discount. It's very tempting to a coupon, some sort of a deal. I promise you, don't do it. Because if you condition your customers that you're going to give a discount, or you're going to give a coupon, guess what? They're going to expect that every time.
1: Well, and I don't, when I was working at hotels in the area, there was a GM who his phrase in the meetings was, was, "We will not discount our way to success." You know, like like that's it. We're not just going to hand that out and hope that the volume is there. I subscribe to uh, the idea of um, Blaze Pizza. You, you heard of them?
0: I have not. They, no.
1: Okay, it's one of the ninety-second pizza, create your own type things. There's different versions of that, uh, but Blaze Pizza is a brand, and they do, and they're beginning one day they get free pizzas out, right? As leading into a grand opening of a store. They promote it, they staff it, cool, one day. That's a big cost. That's a really big cost.
0: Mm -hmm.
1: After that, they put $0 towards other marketing or anything else. They say, hey, we're gonna spend our nut of funding in the beginning for one day, get it out there, get the flavor profile, let people try it. And then they're gonna come here and they're gonna pay full price. I will run a, a special, right? So pork two ways, my original, and then my signature, which is natural hot Moho pork. Aside from that, I try to do limited, limited quantity, another protein option. I don't do more sides. I don't do, uh, you, you and I were talking offline about beef ribs. You know, I'll throw four racks on there because I feel like I can sell that and push that level of volume at where my business is right now. Four racks of beef ribs, that's not much at all. (laughs) But I want people to have a different taste and I want to keep my cost so I can almost be guaranteed to sell out of that special, whether it's burnt ends or it's a different chicken dish or ribs, whatever it is, just something that is not on my norm menu and go from there.
0: You made another good point. Don't be afraid to sell out. It's okay to sell out. In fact, I'd make the argument that now, obviously, if you're selling out in 15 minutes, you might want to reassess. Yeah. But if you're selling out in two hours, you know that's kind of my, and I just kind of pulled it out of thin air. But my kind of, if I'm vending at an event, uh, I, I try to if that two-hour mark is kind of my, you know, if I can if I can last two hours at an event and and go home with nothing, then I feel pretty good about that. You know. Well, and
1: I will tell you this, it takes a lot of discernment and control for that operator you're you're you know you're there from four to eight or you're there from this time to that time and those last 20 30 minutes windows still open you're still in operation and you have three portions of that one side or whatever it is well it's barbecue man i'm not in the business of selling yesterday's barbecue today i can reconstitute it maybe a nachos maybe this or something. But that's that's the difficulty, For being honest. That's the cuisine that we pick. that is, <laughs> it is a fine line of cooking. The, and this is what I tell people, I say, look, there's no easy bake barbecue, n- not if it's any good. So the fact that we got up tending that pit, putting shoulders or, or big cuts on at least eight hours with rest time and everything included ahead of time, we were thinking about serving this barbecue plate Eight to 10 hours ago right from case, there to, to sell it out it just you you don't want to make too much you definitely don't want to undercut because you're leaving money on the table
0: that's exactly right but you have to find that that fine balance of creating demand having some exclusivity right and from a, from a marketing standpoint like you want to create that that sense of urgency right mm-hmm. people are thinking you know oh you know we gotta we gotta get there you know 15 minutes early so we can be in line for the beef ribs, because he's only got you know 20 pounds,
1: you know. Well, I would say this some man, it's a terrible thing. Those around me, my wife, especially, I'm not always punctual. <laughs> and and that's a <laughs> that's a current issue for the business. But what I like to tell people to kind of bridge that is always late, worth the wait. <laughs> um, but I'm a micro, like you're looking at uh <laughs> Owner, founder, uh, human resources, pitmaster, uh, janitorial, you know, purchasing, uh, everything. Do I have some help? Yeah. Every now and then my wife will come. She'll help me on the trailer this. My son, who, you know, we talked about kids queue with the competition type stuff. Like if he can, oh, I'm going to help dad, you know, on his barbecue trailer. Okay, well, I'm teaching him as parents should teach their children whatever industry that the parents are in because they see parents have a passion for something and it instills a good process to say learn your craft be good at this right aside from that yeah you know and i'm not complaining i'm at an opportunity where i need to onboard people i'm just stating that i may be if i say i'll be there at three i might not be set up till three twenty-eight. <laughs> you know? Sure. Um, and, and I've not gotten too much slack from it. People are kind of lackadaisical because I'm not also taking, I don't mean this in the way that it's going to sound, but I'm not taking the business so serious in that, you know, hey, all oh, every single second and every this, okay, th- there will be a time for that. And sure. it, it will be detrimental to business to not be ready, but you can't rush barbecue. You just there can't. Is. So right. it, it's it's not anything, and and I will look somebody in the face, I will shake their hand, I will give a sincere apology. I will tell them, book chapter and verse, why I was this much tardy. Yep. And it could be different That's from day to day, but as you well know, tending a pit, right? Your actual cook time, it very well could be that. It's just not rendered, it's not ready. It's not I've really. had that happen. My, uh, my soft opening, oh my goodness. You were talking about a disaster? I should have done this, and I had a list the night before, and I got up, like, at 2 o'clock in the morning, you know, got long cooks on, and I just, kind of that place pizza thing I was talking about, I invited friends and family to a parking lot, and I just wanted them to try. I gave everything for free. I probably had 75 people there. I think I cooked, like, I don't know, four shoulders. One. One shoulder was actually fully tender, like, yeah. And that's happened where that that mass in the middle isn't that I cranked the pit up. I mean, I was throwing logs in my lane, just log after log, get up to like 400 degrees. And, you know, that top shelf, I'm sure roll. I was grilling at that point, right? Anything I could. And I didn't have banana pudding ready. I was not prepared. You know what? That was my opportunity. That was the intention for me to fail amongst a close you know cast of people who are still going to support me but who said hey this was good this was bad do it again next time and and have a timeline make sure that you're disciplined enough to have the product ready for you
0: that's right I've gotten to the point now where because it's so variable and because we're you know we're cooking large pieces of meat and you mentioned this earlier you know any other sort of food truck is literally, for the most part, I am mean, you know, I'm using generally here, for the most part is made to order, right? You mm-hmm. walk up to the truck, you know, give me A, B, and C, and boom, they drop in the fryer, put it on, whatever they're doing. Obviously, you you, you can't just throw on a shoulder. You can't mm-hmm. throw on a brisket. I mean, it doesn't work that way. And so you do have to have that planning mindset, but I've gotten to the point now where if I say to myself, okay, I need, you know, the butts to be done at 11 a.m. I just back it up an hour. I'm like, no, no, no. I need them to be done at 10 a.m. I give myself an extra hour all the time because what I found is I pretty much need it every time. <laughs> so, yeah. I mean, and so that's what I would say for someone who is starting out that, you know, do a soft opening like Matt talked about because, you know, you're talking about friends and family. They're gonna, they're gonna give you grace. You know, you're gonna make mistakes. It's okay. It's not gonna cost you business. You're gonna get great feedback, but do it do it and do it again. And the best thing, I never did a soft opening. You know, I'm, I'm kind of the mentality, right? Just, I just do it and we figure it out. And of course there were some stumbling blocks along the way. Uh, and we all, we've all been there, but the more you do it, the better you get, you get better with your processes, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. And then people start to expect, okay, it's only a three minute wait. You know, we went to the festival in Greenwood. It was a 40 minute wait, far too long. We learned the hard way you know, we, well, we did, we also served like, I lost track, but it was, it was nuts. But I guess the point here is, is that I can't emphasize this enough. Do a soft opening, get out there, reach out to breweries, reach out to folks where you can set up and just serve people. And you know what? You're going to make mistakes. You're going to get some bad reviews. I promise you though, you're going to learn far more than if you just sat at home and did nothing.
1: Absolutely. I'm learning more about the business of barbecue and restaurants etc. I want to take I think it's well worth the investment um uh you familiar with um 17 street barbecue in uh southern illinois amy mills and mike mills who passed a couple years back um I, I am not I guess I need to uh, check it out Well it, Mike Mills is widely referred he's I don't want to call maybe a Mount Rushmore barbecue stuff but He he might be uh, a couple of spaces back if he's not up there, but I digress. Um, 17th Street offers a, I'll summarize it like a uh, barbecue business 101, because they've been there for decades. It's obviously for a fee and it's like over three or four days. Mm -hmm. And I'm, I'm tempted just as we say, and we encourage people for competition barbecue to go out and take a class that fast track or whatever it is. If this is an established business, it, back in the day, it was a mentor-mentee, right? Same thing, but unfortunately, we've attached a price tag to it. I'm I'm intrigued. I think it would be worth the investment to learn those nuances, to learn how to figure out your par systems for how much you're going to cook, what your expectation of sales is, uh, how to hold meats. Because here's the other thing. I'm cooking the shoulders today, and I'm serving tomorrow. Right. I've invested in the hot box here at my uh, commissary. I've got one on the truck, and guess what? I'm going to do the cook and hold it because of that timeline. Because I've learned that's what tons of barbecue places do. Now, when I say not, you know, serving yesterday's barbecue, I'm not, you know, cooking it, chilling it, reheating, and then serving it to you as if it's fresh barbecue. Right. But there's only 24 hours in the day, unless you are the snows out in Texas or these places that are open, just absolutely microcosms Yes, and can pretty much guarantee a sellout. I think the phrase is most barbecue restaurants smoke three or four days a week yep. and are open for the rest. They should be able to cook their volume, have it in stages, hot hold it at safe temperatures, which is another thing. You don't factor in the electrical costs, the spacing of your hot hold uh, container, man, it gets to be a science, you know, your hierarchy within uh, foods and things. It just, it's restaurant, it's, it's life. So I tell people like, Hey, this is the path I've chosen. This is what I wanted to do. I had a lot of encouragement from my wife, from my parents, from other folks, but this is something that I absolutely hospitality, I guess, at it's core food, the next. and You know, I had a a previous business. Uh, I was very thankful enough to operate it with my oldest sister, but we sold salads. (laughs) Okay, so here's a barbecue guy who in, you know, middle of 2000 teens was selling salads. If there's not probably two cuisines that are almost further apart. then, (laughs) And I learned just more of the food industry with that concept that I had. And I tell people this, I kind of joke tongue-in-cheek. I was like, oh, I made them healthy and skinny uh, before I paid my dues. I'll make them fat and happy now. (laughs) So
0: I love that. So you've mentioned, you've said the word invest several times. And I think it's really important to stick on that for a second, because it's absolutely what it is. I hear a lot of folks, they talk about making this transition, turning their hobby, their passion into a profitable, sustainable business. And they use the word, I have to spend. It costs this. And I want you to I want you to get that out of your mind. If you're listening, I want you to get it out of your mind. And I want you to replace it with invest, because that's exactly what it is. And if you think about it, if, if you had a dollar, if you had $10, $100, and you said, where should I invest it? Chances are best place to invest it is, is in you, in yourself. You know, we could talk all day long. You know, I do the financial planning thing. That's my real job, right? We could talk all day long about cool investments. But at the end of the day, if I'm talking to a guy like Matt, you know, if I'm talking to a, a, an entrepreneur, I'm going to tell him, look, invest in yourself, you know, whether it, be, whether it be equipment, whether it be marketing, whether it be classes, you know, you sharpen the saw, learn some stuff like that. Don't be afraid to invest in yourself. Here's the other thing I'll tell you. Work with a really, really good CPA Don't try to do that stuff yourself. you're going you're gonna to mess something up. There's a reason people come to you for barbecue, right? because they can't make it like you can make it. There's a reason you go to a CPA because you don't know that stuff. I don't, and I'm in the financial business. you know so I just wanted to mention that. I see so many people they, they start running with food trucks, and their books are just everywhere. They have no idea what they're doing, and then the, you know then the IRS. And uh, the state come in town, and they're like, "Hey, what's going on?" They're like, "Oh, we haven't paid sales taxes in three years." Well, <laughs> you owe us money. <laughs> anyway,
1: I, I, know I got on the I, tangent there. No, you you hit home. <laughs> um, I may or may not have known about the Tennessee Department of Revenue uh, <laughs> sending me some letters and uh, there you go. showing up because it's a very real thing. Uh, CPAs are another expense, right? They are another line item into your business plan. And this next part, there's a cruder way to say this, but um, a lesson I learned from a a business colleague, and I won't say the crude way, but is to pay and complain to somebody. Let a professional be a professional. So you, Kurt, are great at these things on a professional level. I'm great at these things on a professional level. And tons of other people are not even close. They can't hold the flame to what you could do as a financial advisor in that community within that realm of knowledge that you have. They just can't do it. So then they should patronize you to ask for your services, to get your experience. Same thing with barbecue. I have time and time and told people like, oh, you know, what about this? And, And ask me questions because, yeah. I have a craft. It's crazy. I forget who, I think it probably was you said, like, how many people actually don't know the art of barbecue? Taking a larger cut meat, smoking it, controlling a fire, things like that. And they're just intimidated. They're very intimidated, Mm -hmm. right? Which is great for me, because then they get to buy it from me. But um, sure, job security. (laughs) You know, but it's stuff that we don't even think about. There's no thought process to me getting a shoulder, trimming it up, throwing the rub in, where on my pit I'm going to put it, how long ago I in advance I had to light my pit, how I had to light it. These are just things that roll off my tongue and I could tell somebody to do it, but those might be stumbling blocks to other people. You just never know where somebody's previous uh, experiences are. And my sister, when we had the the salad business I mentioned earlier, whenever we'd onboard new staff, she had a great saying, I don't know what you don't know. So we're going to learn together about each other. And then we will know together.
0: That's exactly right. So for our listeners, I'm going to throw something to Matt here. He wasn't expecting because there's so much information here, right? There's so much we're talking about. We're talking about, I think today we touched on investing. We talked on the, how, how to get started, right? Which I love the idea of the soft opening, mm-hmm. but I want to have a follow-up. I want to have a follow-up episode, right? I want to, I want okay. to talk, you know, more about the marketing and the branding, because if you're, if you're listening to the show or you're better yet, if you're watching the show on the YouTube channel, you would notice that Matt has his brand front and center. Can't emphasize that enough. So many of us, in fact, I would just I would say people in general. How many different brands are you walking around with on a daily basis supporting that brand? Now, I'm not saying it's a bad thing, and I'm not saying don't do it. What I'm saying is, I had a light bulb moment. I said, wait a minute. If I'm going to buy a T-shirt, why not just buy my own T-shirt with my brand? All my other T-shirts, I'm supporting somebody else's brand, and they're good companies. I'm not saying they're bad companies. It's just I really want to camp out on the marketing and branding. Uh, if you're open to it, in the next in the next episode and really dive into that because ultimately if you look at the biggest barbecue joints in the country and the biggest barbecue names in the country, one common theme is marketing. Yeah. They do marketing very, very well. In fact, I was at a a very well-known, you know, national uh, uh, barbecue, you know, establishment and you could see the processes and you could see how, Tuned or dialed in, they were. Everybody knew exactly what they needed to do, and we're talking about dozens of people, not 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 several, like dozens. Anyway, so yeah, I want to camp out on on marketing and branding in the next show, and really dive into that because I think that you're doing it well. You know, I like to think that we're doing it okay, but I want to camp out on that if you're open to it.
1: Oh, absolutely, and I'll um I'll have a teaser for for that uh for that show, but um when I had that. Salad concept because look, if we don't learn from past experiences, we're wasting our time. You've got to take a minimum, the top 10% of lessons, carry them over to your next venture, at least. Um, I had a goal because this was a no-name concept and it was different to the area, but I set out when I started that endeavor to be known or to be what I used to tell people is I want to be in your phone as Matt the salad guy. That that was I want to be immediately associated with it there you go and once i reach that goal that you see me and you're like oh that's the guy that's got the salad perfect so now guess what my goal is either one of two i haven't hung. either that's blinky or that's matt the barbecue guy whichever way i don't care but that is now the goal to because i'm not doing myself a due diligence i'm not being a responsible business owner if i don't talk about it but we'll leave that for there but that's kind of um the goal in mind that i had
0: for our listeners make sure you follow matt he's doing some great stuff on instagram blinkies offset bbq on both instagram and facebook TikTok as well correct
1: no unfortunately not and we'll talk about that with that
0: yeah well, that'll I, be next episode yeah. <laughs> next episode <laughs> let, um, let me
1: control the two <laughs> there you go
0: but check him out follow him he's got some great stuff um and great content matt osmond blinkies offset barbecue thanks for coming on brother
1: Appreciate you. Thanks, Kurt.
0: Thanks so much for listening to The Barbecue Life. Share this episode with a buddy who loves barbecue or is just starting to get into it. Follow us for more on Facebook, Instagram, and TikTok, and leave a rating and review on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. Talk to you next time. Keep calm and smoke on.